Welcome to Student of the Game Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Knoll. We want you to master the fundamentals, fall in love with practice, and win in the game of life. Welcome to the classroom. I'm joined today by my new friend, Rodney Pryor. Thanks for joining us. Rodney uh, has a long history of being a successful athlete. Uh, we're going to talk about his bas- basketball background, but then um, he's got a new venture, Identity Made, uh, a new clothing brand, apparel company, um, probably targeted for athletes, but it's, I'm sure it's streetwear. It's, uh, it, it's, it's work casual, um, you know, so, so I want to I dig into that. But Rodney, thanks for joining us. And why don't you just give us the backstory? Who are you? Where are you from? You know, how did you grow up? Thanks for having me on. Super excited uh, for this conversation. But yeah, Rodney Pryor grew up in Evanston, Illinois, was born there, uh, born and raised in Evanston, grew up in an athletic household um, where my oldest brother was a highly touted football player. So we kind of grew up playing football more than basketball and found a way to scoop my way into playing basketball. And then that's what I took into high school. Um, I grew up on the narrative that this is my only way out, you know, coming up. So I'm right up north of Chicago. So the narrative that my parents, you know, unfortunately can't provide for me to go, you know, to college and things like that. So I had to take my my talents and and work that way. And, you know, it's a successful metric externally. A lot of times, you know, when you lock in, you get some gifts from God, you you are able to see what your talents are capable of when you can find a way to work hard and not, you know, be a knucklehead um, in your adolescence. So was fortunate for that time. I had a friend group that was really good at the time. This is when five star uh, camps was still a big deal and uh, had a few friends that was a part of that. So I always grew up a fan of my friends. Um, I just wanted to be liked, be loved. I wanted to make everybody laugh. So it was interesting to see when I started to take uh, basketball serious. Uh, when I got into high school, my high school coach, Coach Patterson, really wrapped his arms around me. I made the freshman B team that year. He was able to instill some practices in me from a uh, life standpoint, but also just how to be a good basketball player and what that looked like. So I started out at a public school, was there two years, and then I transferred to a private school, um, Notre Dame Prep all boys school so just like a super culture shock super discipline shock um i got there and this is probably where the the real part of my journey started because when you're in public school and you grow up in that environment you're just comfortable being whoever you were at that time so i was very low standard just didn't know how to take things serious Uh, again just was a kid that wanted to smile and have fun and then like navigating that with like inner city culture gang culture um, things of that nature. I think God just had a wonderful grace on my life because I was in it, but I wasn't of it. I was around it and I saw it, but it was like I never got grabbed by it, uh, by by the grace of God, because a lot of my friends um, did. And a lot of my friends lost their life growing up through our adolescence. So when I got to Notre Dame, this was when uh, my new coach just like handed me standards. <laughs> like I got kicked off the team my junior year. And I just remember being in the gym at the top of the bleachers, watching them for like three weeks, just like, you know, I'm supposed to be out there. My low character, my identity just didn't allow me still navigating my relationship with the Lord. I gave my life to the Lord when I was 15, grew up in a church. So it's just a lot of tension, you know, you know, as a 
15, 16 year old kid navigating. And then you got all these other pressures about how to get out of this environment when you don't even really understand what that even means either, because I just want to go shoot hoops. You, you, you said something, you said you got kicked off and you said you were in the bleachers watching. What was that like? I, I'm picturing the movie Hoosiers when, uh, <laughs> you, you know, coach, coach comes in, kicks some kids off the team. And now, now yeah. you've got the parents, parents and the kids coming to beg, beg to be back on the team. Yeah. What, like, like, yeah. tell us more about that. Yeah. It's literally just like that. It's funny too. Cause I grew up a kid. Like I always saw my life as a movie. I, I watch movies to this day more than I do TV shows. And yeah, when I got kicked off. So I remember I, when I got there, I'm clearly the best player, but Again, this coach isn't going to just let me walk in and play and think I'm just going to be this hot shot. And uh, I had low character moment after low character moment, like back to back to back. I'm talking practice, then shoot around and then game day, just low character. And I come into practice the next day and I vividly remember he's just like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, and I came late to that practice. I'm like, uh, I'm here to practice. And he's like, no, you're not. I was like, what do you mean? I I'm here to practice. He's like, no, you're not on this team anymore. So I get kicked off, have a no, another low character moment, calling everybody out, telling everybody they suck. And then, yeah, I remember, because that's all I know. Basketball practice, even when you're low character, it's like you go to practice, you know, and then you go home and then you go to school and then you go to practice. It's just like, so after school, when I got kicked off, I didn't know where else to go. All I knew was I'm supposed to be in that, I'm supposed to be in that gym, so I, it hurt. You know, uh, this, this is the first moment of, like, humility, too, once you start feeling yourself as an athlete. Um, and at the time, Chicago basketball was just loaded. So, and again, that identity thing, like, this is my way out, and I can't even get to it. So just a lot of early, early opportunities to reflect on life. And, yeah, and then I had to go into that cycle of my family's <laughs> begging the coach to put me back on the team. My teammates had to all vote, you know, for me to be. It was like this whole uh, big ordeal that I'm super thankful that happened. Wow, like real life survivor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, are you getting voted off or not? Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, at what age did you understand you had some talent? Like, because there's there's two things I think of. I think of, you know, a lot of times when people make mistakes is because nothing, the, the right way is not modeled for them. Mm -hmm. You know, and the other time people make mistakes is when they know they have some talent, but they're not putting it to use, right? And mm -hmm. so there's a, there's a gap. But but talk, talk a little bit about, you know, what was modeled for you growing up? I mean, is it something that, you know, you just kind of felt like, hey, I've got this talent and the talent's gonna carry me and I don't have to put in the work? Great question, wow. I think the model for me growing up was like, trauma infusing with hard work to push you so as always you had that grit you had that you know that tenacity um on the course so that was kind of the model that i saw like you're just angry um, you know i grew up in a household that wasn't necessarily great my first 10 10 years of life my mom and dad struggled in their marriage so and again, another grace moment for God because my siblings took on the, the brink of that trauma and it, it became more external for them where mine was. I was able to just keep it internal. I, I didn't really judge either parent uh, for it. So again, cl class clown, want to smile. I think that was kind of how I navigated the trauma of just wanting to always be happy. So that, But that grit came out on the court infused with the this is your way out identity. So I think that was like the model for me and then when you start to realize like oh i can do the move that i've been watching ai do 
oh, I can do the move I've been watching, you know, Kobe do. Now you start to, you know, realize, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. And then you're measuring yourself, you know, up to the next person that they're saying is pretty good. So I think that's kind of the model that gave me a realization of, you know, I can, I'm getting better in this game. And then just, just your neighborhood guys that were phenomenal that you couldn't beat yet. Every year, all right, I beat him. All right, now I'm growing. All right, the next year I beat him. So they were kind of the measuring stick because I wasn't playing on a national schedule. I didn't play AAU like that. And in high school, we were just playing locally. We would get down to the city and play with against some of the bigger teams, but you maybe had a game or two. So it's hard to measure. So my measuring stick was, you know, some of the neighborhood guys that, that were really good. So I want to, uh, we'll fast forward here in a second. Cause I want to talk about, you know, what was it like when you finally met your competition, but I can, you know, I hear a lot of, you know, my story in there. And I think people listening, you know, whether you're a business owner or a student athlete, you know, or, or you got a, a nine to five and you're trying to figure out how I can grow. You know, I think a lot of times is it comes back to, you know, where are you getting your confidence from? Mm. You know, you, you talk a lot about character and, and for me, you know, my confidence was, you know, my dad was a basketball coach growing up and ended up being a division one coach, coach for the Mad Ants in the G League for a little bit. Oh. And, uh, and so I grew up in the locker room, you know, and when I was in the seventh and eighth grade, I was playing pickup games with my dad's college team uh, back back then. And, you know, so when I could hang with them, it gave, gave me some confidence. You know, my buddies, we would go uh, to the King Center on Friday afternoons, Friday nights, you know, after school. And it's like, you know, we're the only white guys there. And, yeah. you know, I was I was the one getting picked first. And, and that gives you confidence, yeah. right? Like, so you're, you're, you're you kind of get to this point. My talent ended up catching up with me. You yeah. know, my, my, my peers that I was playing against ended up being better. Talk about when, when you're in your career and you're moving from team to team and you're growing and some success happens, what's the point when you realize, wow, these, these guys can play? Like, I, I need to step up my game. Was there like this shock and awe for you? It was, did you have the fundamentals at the time to, to compete at the highest level? Yeah, you know, because, you know, growing up in Chicago, this is when outside hoops was, you literally are walking court to court, neighborhood yep. to neighborhood, playing. Um, so, like, competition was always... A, we were aware of competition at an early age. It wasn't like a, until I got to high school I was aware of competition. Like, we were competing since we could walk type of deal. So, being able to play out on the playground in Chicago, you just see talent. You see younger kids dunking, like, crazy stuff like that because I was a late bloomer in terms of my athleticism. And it's like the deer beginning to learn how to walk um, type of deal for me. I was very lanky, long, but I had good fundamentals because I didn't have like that raw tapped in talent just yet. Mm -hmm. So like knowing how to make my layups, knowing how to make my jump shot, um, knowing where to be on the floor because I'm not as fast as the next person. But maybe... Because I had friends that were good. They were going to the five-star, playing against you know other top 100 kids, uh, which eventually became McDonald's All-Americans. Um, so when they would come back and kick my butt, I knew the measuring stick in terms of like a national pool. So when I got closer to them, which was after my sophomore year when I got to uh, Notre Dame, and then that year after I got put back on the team, coach wrapped his arms around me. We was in the gym every single day. And this is when I started to learn like discipline and how to get better, not just like talent, just learning on its way, kind of like with no uh, GPS. So learn that and then had a phenomenal senior year. We beat some top teams in the state. We had a chance to go to state. And then that's when it was like 
because you're always running around. We, our thing back in the day was I'm going D1, and then it was league bound. And we just would just shout it to the rooftop. So it's this big, I wrote an ebook on uh, recruiting. And one of the things I talk about, kids need to have the far fetch, but you also have to have the reality. And how quickly do you shrink that gap of your far fetched dream um, to your reality? And every year when I started averaging 20 and scoring and I'm confident, I'm doing it consistently and I'm in the gym and, and I care about it and I want to do it. That's when I'm like, man, like, you might go D1 now. Like, it's not just you shouting to the rooftops, but now it's a tangible reality for you. What uh, I got so many ideas here because I, I love I love talking sports and I love talking basketball yeah. especially. But but you know, relate this to business. I, th- I think a lot of times, it, person listening who's in a nine to five, maybe who just got a promotion, who's kind of over their skis a little bit, like they need to know that that's normal. You yeah. know, right? When, when you went to the prep school, it's like, hey, these guys are better but you can still hold your own. You go division one. These guys are like every time you level up, so does the competition. Mm-hmm. Was there a time that your confidence was shook, you know, going through that journey a little bit? Oh yeah. You know, the bad games, um, just not getting recruited. Like the calls are not coming in even when you're playing well. And again, it's that pressure that like back against the wall, like this is my only way out and I'm not getting scholarships. So now it's like, you're you're like, dang, what was all this for? You know, you're you're pressed to start pushing in to get get looks, and you know now being a business owner when I because you're everyone's always talking about the athlete transition, like how do these mindsets, how do these things that we've found success in our basketball career, or whatever sport we play, translate um, into it? Whether it's nine to five entrepreneurship, and a, the big piece of it is confidence, and it's like that identity piece as well, and you know what you have internally, and how it shapes itself externally. And I st- I'm still growing through it. I'm still weathering through it. I still struggle with it. Like I, every I got everybody telling me, "Yo, you're Rodney Pryor, Georgetown Slam Dunk Champ." You know, you had a, a good pro career, like you can just walk in the door. And I'm like, no, I can't. Like, I got to have my my pitch deck. I got to have, you know, this. So like figuring out ways that I stay confident in what I bring to the table and who I am and then figure out, you know, the logistics and the optics stuff on that pursuit as well. Because I, I found myself being like, I need to have the pitch deck. I got to have this. I got to have this. I got to have this. And then it just paralyzed me. And I never even send the email. I never reach out to these coaches type of deal. It's, it's, I mean, it's, again, it's uncanny. You know, my, my story is, and, and I've shared this and, and I've, I've, uh, I've asked for forgiveness for my parents, but when I graduated, um, I got into real estate right away mm-hmm. and I was, I was frustrated with my parents. I'm like, you didn't teach me business. We didn't talk about yeah. money. Like all, all these people that I'm meeting, their dad's got these companies and they're handing the keys to them and I know nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was mad, man. I was mad. And I'll never forget. It was, it was a couple years into business and I just, I just had this light switch and the light switch was, you know what? My parents taught me everything about basketball and through basketball, there are so many lessons about life so many. And if I just, if I just stay locked in with all the lessons that they gave me, whether it's teamwork, hard work, perseverance, right? Dedication, uh, sacrifice, all these things can be applied, whether you're in the nine to five or you're starting your own business. I heard a a Walter Bond, former uh, NBA player played for, I think, Minnesota in the big 10. And they played for the jazz for a little bit, but Walter Bond, he's, he's hilarious. And he said on his presentation, he said, you know what would be funny if, if fans came to your work, 
like they do athletics. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like, here, here's your pitch deck, right? And you got fans in the stands, like, "Yo, Rodney, you suck." Or, yeah, yeah. "Hey, Rodney, hey, hey, good, good pitch deck." You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like what, what, what would your business, what would your business be like yeah. if the newspaper, if wow. the newspaper, wow. if the newspaper reported how you did on a Wednesday? Wow. You know, on th- on Thursday morning, the headline is Rodney Pryor forgot to make that phone call he was supposed to make. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like we don't think about the connection between that sports and, and the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to, so here's what I heard, right? As a student of the game, you have to understand what the fundam- fundamentals are. Yeah. And it sounds like at a very young age, whoever it was, probably a coach, they communicated to you how important character was. Yeah. Because maybe maybe it was lacking in your life. So the fundamentals you have moving forward, you know, I love all your socials, man. I feel like a lot of what you're doing is you're talking to to student athletes, you're talking about character. And I think if I'm not wrong, you're kind of talking to the kid that you needed in your life at that time. Wow. Yeah. So, so the, the, right? the driving slogan is be who you needed when you were younger. It's so true. I mean, the reason I'm doing this podcast is because of what I needed when I got out of college. I got done playing basketball. My wife was a, a nursing student. I decided not to play overseas professionally because she was taking her boards. And it's like, I, I just wanted to transition my life. I had done it for so long. And so at that moment, it's like, I need a mentor. I need somebody yeah. that can actually help me. You know, my parents got me to here. You know, my wife and I are starting a new life together. I need a mentor in my marriage. I need a mentor as a father. I need a mentor as a business yeah. owner. Um, so, so now character is something that, that you glean probably from these coaches. The thing that I don't think we talk about enough is practice. You know, practice is a lot of the unseen work. You yeah. mentioned Allen Iverson. He's got the famous quote about practice. Yeah. And, and it's like, that's, that's really where mastery happens. Mastery of anything happens on a plateau. Mm-hmm. It's boring. You know, for me, I want to make 10 calls every single day to my past clients to stay in relationship with them, to see what they need from me. Do I do it every day? No. Do I have days where I win, days I lose? Absolutely. What does practice look like for you now? Now that you've got this mission, you've got character, it's on your mind, you want to you wanna be that person. You know, let's talk about identity made for a second because if you're, if you're listening right now, what Rodney glanced over that you might not have picked up on that you want to know more about is he was a Georgetown Hoya. 2017 NCAA slam dunk champion. Like there's so many things we can talk about, but I want to get into identity made here for a second and talk about your brand and what that's about and all the work that you're doing behind the scenes and the passion that you have. So, so tell me about, you know, where did that come from identity made? And then what is it now? Yeah. So identity is just a massive thing in life. We're always trying to figure out, you know, who we are. Um, and growing up in the church, you're always trying to establish who we are in Christ also, but who we are in Christ in this world, in our sports and and all these different things. And I, I was blessed to have this awareness throughout my career, especially as I went up levels. It was like the humility grew. Uh, one of the analogies that I came, because it's like, man, like everyone's always like, you should have been in the league. You shouldn't have been in the league. And God graced me. Uh, revealing to me like a Moses situation. Like, I brought you to the promised land, but I'm not going to let you in. I just wanted you to see it. I wanted you to see how hurt it is, how, you know, low character, low standard it is. So every locker room I went into since high school has been unhealthy, whether it's the way we talk about women, life, trauma, parents, friends, like all of it is just, you know, what you see in not great TV shows. And I'm like, man, this can't be the advantage of the 1% of the world. Like me being a 10 year old, you know, seeing NCAA tournament, wanting to get there. And then when I get there, I'm in an unhealthy locker room. And then the follow up of that is 
in this bubble, every level you go up, you don't learn responsibilities outside of the game. So now you're almost paralyzed in life, but you're winning in this this bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, and when uh, so going in my fifth year, I'm with the Utah Jazz. Pandemic hits. I'm still super locked in as the player. I'm engaged at this time uh, to my now wife, Ariel, and thank God for her because she actually introduced me to real life because after school, I mean, after high school, I'd never been back home longer than a month or two because I'm, you know, I got college workouts, then I go pro, then I meet her and now I'm living in Virginia. So I didn't really have the people that I grew up with around me anymore. So now, you know, you're making new friends, you're meeting new people. And and God brought me my my wife and she had a job since she was 15, um, just knew how to take care of herself, you know, knew how to handle responsibilities, like knew how to cover expenses, all this stuff. There's just crazy to me. I remember I met her. I was like, my teeth hurt. I want to go to the dentist. And she's like, do you have insurance? And for perspective, I'm 23 years old <laughs> at this time. And she's like, uh, do you got dental insurance? I'm like, no, we, I just normally tell our manager on the team and you know they set it up and and that's when it like hit her like yo like you're doing all this on the court and you get praise and and you can't even handle simple life um things and i'm like wow so when the pandemic hit again i'm just meeting speed bump after speed bump because once you go pro it's all about momentum and leverage like how mm-hmm. much momentum and leverage are you building so that when your agent goes to the table for you, hey, give him a deal over this person or give him this X amount of dollars over the next person. And I'm in the G League. It's a standard contract uh, at 35000 a year for five months. So it's no money, but I'm in the 1% of the world. So I'm playing for five months, not getting my shot at the league, not getting training camp invites that gives you an extra $50,000. And the 1% is only giving me $24,000 after taxes. And because I'm, I don't know nothing about financials. I don't know. I don't really have a reason to save and all this stuff because I'm, I'm gonna get to the lead, and 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 it's gonna be all she wrote. <laughs> That's gonna solve that. the problem, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's gonna be no problem after that. And 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 I'm. It's not that I, I'm unintelligent. It's just I'm so consumed that I'm gonna make it that I don't have to worry about the fundamentals. I don't need to learn about a savings right now. I don't need to learn about investments right now. I don't need to learn about a resume right now. I just need to get to the league because this is all I know. And uh, when the pandemic hit, it was like, yo, what what are you going to do now? This is a moment. This is the second moment I had a chance to just go. (sighs) Those the, the first moment was when I broke my foot in, in Juco And then the following year, I tore my ACL. So back-to-back years, the game of basketball was taken away from me. And that was when my moral character rose because my relationship with the Lord, I let him in. I let him take over, and that's when it it started to grow. So pushing all of that fast-forward back into the pandemic, now I have no savings account. All my money from that year went to our wedding. So every check that was coming in, I was saving up. Um, for our wedding my wife at the time just got a government contracting job so you know she's she's doing her thing she's holding it down and this is what i talk about the luxuries of a nine to five versus the luxuries of a you know entrepreneur or uh athlete they're just so different 
And now I come out and it's like, yo, what are you, <laughs> what are you going to do now? And then that's when the Holy Spirit spoke to me about uh, the character piece, the identity piece. And a big part of sports is gear. We love yep. our gear. Like even as a, I'm 30 years old, I can't wait to walk into the locker room and see, you know, what Nike gave us this year or what, you know, whoever our uh, sponsor affiliate is for apparel. For sure. And I'm like, man, that's, that's potent right there to be able to use that as the icebreaker to get to athletes because athlete culture is, is a hard culture to pierce into, especially if you're not an athlete. And through my time in the G League, they do a phenomenal job with development off the court, but you can't get to us. I'm too cool. I got my hoodie on. I'm about to go to the league. I don't need to entertain broadcasting internships. I don't need to entertain this. And I was fortunate enough. I ended up doing it. I'm, I'm just curious. You know, it sounds fun. They're, they're paying for everything. And I ended up doing it. And that's when it started to spark my brain on like, yo, you got to become more. Like, you can't just settle yeah. for the basketball player because there's just so much more to us than what we do on the basketball court. Time out. Student of the Game is brought to you by Knoll Team Real Estate. Our mission is to eradicate mediocre real estate transactions. On your largest financial purchase, you shouldn't have to deal with average. We do this by helping you save time, reduce your stress, and helping you keep as much money in your pocket as we can. You can help us out by introducing us to your friends or family who want to make confident real estate decisions, whether buying, selling, building, or investing. At Knoll Team Real Estate, we are connected to a group of realtors who sell one in every eight homes in North America. If you know someone moving out of your area, there's a great chance we can connect them to somebody we know, like, and trust. Remember, relationships win. Now back to the show. But it's, but it sounds like at that point at the like at that point shameless plug like you became the student of the game you saw like I want to play basketball this is what this is what I focused on my entire life but at that moment you realize there's so many different avenues that that this sport that you have some talent in can yeah. provide whether it's whether it's media whether it's apparel whether it's you know being an agent right like yeah. I rem I remember going back uh, when I first started in my real estate career you know I had I had the one of the best uh, mentors uh, we were my wife and I were a young couple and this this couple that was like the next phase of life. They already had kids and he was an attorney and, and he just looked at me. He's like, man, Brad, you're killing it, man. Working seven days a week. You're, you're doing great. You're really building your business. And he was setting me up. He's like, for what? Like, what are you doing this for? Like there's, you know, he, he taught me like there's, there's five areas of life. Like your work or your career is, is one, you yeah. know, your faith, you, you got your faith, your family and relationships, your finances, you know, your fitness, your mental fitness, your mental health, your physical health. He's like, at the end of your life, you're going to be successful in one area or are you going to have some balance? And, yeah. and so at that moment, he kind of taught me it. So it sounds like you became a student of the game when, when you understood like, hey, yeah, I'm still going to the league, but there are so many other things. And is that when kind of like the apparel and the swag and like th these, this identity made was created? Yeah. You know, and then it was, it was a lot of tussling for identity being, my identity being made and what. And like when I, so my second year pro, I had the, I thought was the epiphany of God. Hey, you're going to be a pastor. You need to go <laughs> into preaching. Wow. I was literally in Lithuania and like just butchering scripture. Like, oh, this is exactly <laughs> what God is calling me to do. I need to go into pulpit preaching. I need to have a congregation. Um, and I went through that tossing and turning. 
And then that's when it was like revealed to me, like, you know, just bringing back God revealing trauma and all these different things. So when I got married, um, we stood on that. We're going to be together because what I see in sports too many times, especially for the black family, is the dad has to go. I got to go overseas. Y'all can't come because it's just too uh, iffy. Is the team going to pay on time? Will living be great? You know, will uh, situations for the family be good? So more times than not, the, the the family opts to stay home and you work and you're gone nine, ten months. And it was like, that's a no-no for us because uh, God has called us to break generational curses in our, in our bloodline. And then so... It was always a wrestle because financials come into play um, when you get married. So it was always like, a, well, I know I can go make money doing this. Like I could go overseas literally today. I can call the team and go right now, but I won't be with my wife. I won't be with my son, Sebastian. Um, and like you said, who are you doing it for? So I, I'm, I'm standing on legacy so it's made it a little more challenging on figuring out what I need to be doing. And then that's when like identity made just started to make more sense. You know, there's some parts of me that's like coach, you know, you, I, it's like, I think it's, you could do so much in a game. So to put that into this, it's when you have low character, you'll get entertained a little while because you're showing talent. You might've shown that, you, Hey, he seems like a good kid, but, he keeps having these these moments and it's like this trajectory path that we keep seeing. So when I saw that, I'm like, man, we're blowing opportunities after opportunities because I'm solely invested in the player. And when I'm just a player, if I put up 20, you're going to put me in the game regardless of what I'm doing off the court. And I'm like, man, that can't, that's not the advantage. That's not the advantage for this kid because the trajectory path of that kid is you're going to be back home and you might be coaching AAU and there's no knock on this. But when you don't live with aim and you don't have that plan and purpose outside of this game, outside of the four lines, it just makes it so tough to have high character. So then that's when I'm like, well, I have all these different opportunities now. And it's because I've sustained character when I got benched, you know. When the when the assignment players get sent down and you're and you're on a roll and you're picking up momentum and they're like, hey, you you're not going to be playing. So and so has to shoot twenty shots. You need to be passing it more. And because God worked on my identity, He worked on my character. I was able to be high character in those moments. So now those GMs will pick up my call. Those coaches will pick up my call. You know, I got teams asking me to interview to to coach on teams and things like that. So. Fast forward to identity made. I'm like, my heart is in the kid. My heart is for the kid. But you can't just walk up to kids and be like, hey, you need to <laughs> have more purpose. You need to be living like this. So I'm like, how you got to earn it, don't you? Yeah. You have to earn that with yeah. them. How do you get to them? And, and my way of getting to them is through apparel because we've seen the metric with Nike, Adidas, like the embracement, like that I'm under this brand. And I wanted to take our brand and make it the brand that knows you exist. It's not just you buying apparel. So we try to do life with the teams we sponsor. We're building up a podcast now where I'm bringing on professional athletes that, you know, sustain character, can talk about when they were low character and how they got into these different fields and, and make it this experience. You know, we, we, we're going to follow suit the Nike metric, host invitationals, but make it to where it's not just the games. We're, we're hosting panels. 
entrepreneurs are coming in, sponsors of the tournament and our company will be there with internship opportunities, job opportunities, where it's this real advantage of being an athlete outside of just the game. So, so you got a purpose behind your brand, which I mean, in today's world, I mean, that's how you thrive. You know, it's not about selling a t-shirt. It's not about selling a pair of shoes, sneakers. It's not about a hoodie. It's about, you know, what does your hoodie stand for? Mm-hmm. You know? And, and, and so like, I'm ex- I can tell you, Rodney, I'm excited to build a relationship with you off the podcast because what you're doing is, is real life stuff. I'm going to tell you real quick, this is a selfish plug, but you talked about focus. You, you talked about having focus and you talked about, you know, knowing your purpose and, you know, the purpose of this podcast, uh, I've got three goals. And the first, the, really the first goal, the main goal for me is to create legacy content for my children. Mm. The only way I am where I am is because of the relationships that I have. And I want to introduce my kids to awesome people like you. And so the work that you're doing matters and how you share it with the world matters. And I appreciate that. Uh, The second goal of the podcast is to become a great communicator. And the third goal of the podcast is a look behind the scenes, behind the, behind the curtain of our business and how our business works. Our clients don't know why they're being successful until they understand our business model. Mm. So I want to go back to to my first goal is, is create legacy content for my children. You said something about focus. Anybody listening to this, the nine to fivers, the student athletes, I think the thing that gets lost in teams, and you talked about unhealthy locker rooms, and I want to talk about healthy locker rooms here in a second, but this whole idea of focus and teamwork, like you've been on bad teams, you've been on good teams, and the good teams, I'm guessing, they have focus and they have purpose and they were, they were unified. Mm-hmm. The, te- the teams that were bad were, were the ones that all had their own agenda. Our real estate company has been successful because we operate truly as a team. We have a purpose, we have goals, we lock in together. It's not just a bunch of individuals, you know, put in a room, put in a mm-hmm. conference room and try to figure things out. So again, shameless plug that I think, I think the message you're sharing, you're, I, I'm, my kids are already gonna start wearing your stuff. So we're gonna, we're gonna get online and try to buy some <laughs> if you can. Um, but I, I, wanna, I wanna pivot real quick. Yeah. I use a little basketball term. I wanna pivot to the, the game today the AAU scene. I didn't grow up in the AAU <laughs> scene. In, in, in Michigan, in Michigan, you could play with your high school team. So I did yeah. that, and and I just played with my dad's college team growing up. So, but but today's AAU scene. I got I got one daughter. She's a high school golfer. I got another daughter. Uh, she plays basketball on the AAU scene. Talk about. Let's do this. Give parents advice on how to act. Yeah. What's what's what, what should the what should the role of the parent be? You talked about Sebastian. How is Sebastian? He'll be two July first. Come get it. All right. So, so, so he's, he's going to be, he's, he's a diaper dandy right oh, now. Huh? Yeah. So, so talk about from a parent standpoint, parents that are listening to have kids playing right now, give them some advice on how to be a great parent watching your young athlete. Yeah. I think the, the number one thing is be there for your kid, not the athlete. And I mm. think sometimes parents, uh, don't do a, um, great job of discerning moments of when it's my son or daughter versus when it's my daughter who's an athlete or my son who's an athlete um because we or or even or even a member of the team yeah like they're they're watching their child play and not realizing it's a team game yeah right and and you signed them up for the team you know like it's like it's even like that like even for individual athletes like you signed the contract you son, mm. you know, and that's, and I think this is where that nine to five luxury where it's like, well, I know I'm doing this, so there's no issues where in sports, there's always like these undefined, like, yeah, I signed the contract, but I'm trying to get buckets. Um, mm. So when I look at AAU, I look at, are we really giving the kids a chance to fall in love with the game? 
or is it just this pressure coming from mom and and dad to do what I do? I was blessed that my parents had <laughs> no like they were involved, but they weren't um, involved. And I've been around kids that uh, their parents are are very involved, and it makes it very stressful for the kid because there's not a great line of communication, especially when you look at now being a father. When you look at the makeup of the day, if you're not fortunate to homeschool your kids, your kids are somewhere else for most of the day under other people's guidance. So that's why you got to do a good job of making sure the daycares are phenomenal. When you get off work, you got a three hour window. If you're, you know, locked into a schedule, you know, doing all of that. So you got a three hour window to be with your kid. Now, are you distracted by phone, work? Are you stressed? Are you just not fully engaged and fully imp- fully present? So now it's like, what is your relationship with your child? Because now when I think about it, have parents earned the right mm. to coach me? You know what I mean? Like, did you earn That's it? Good. Like, do you know me? Like, do you know what I struggle with? Do you know, you know, what I'm facing in here? Or is it just, you just see me on the court and you don't see me get 20 and you don't see me, you know, do these uh, certain type of things. So I think that's where the, the big tension point comes into play. This uh, exactly what you're saying is is so paramount right now. Right. Because it's like one, one of our core values in our real estate company is earn everything. Mm-hmm. OK, I, I, I didn't get that client or somebody who used to use me doesn't anymore. Well, what did you do to earn that? And what you're talking about, again, this is this is not sports related, even though it is because that's that's our background. But if my daughter has a good game or bad game, have I earned the right to have a conversation with her? Um, you know, I messed up. I, I'm still messing up, but but I remember messing up when when my kids were younger, and I just I remember going in and okay, here's dad, I'm the coach. You know, hey, you take it to the left a little more, do that. And it's like, no, time out. Whoever gave me this advice, I, I forget who it was, but they said you got one job, parents, is to tell your kids that you enjoyed watching them play today. Wow, you got one job. Everything else is a byproduct. So now what's happening, it's almost reverse psychology unintentionally. You know, I'll tell my kids, hey, I enjoyed watching you compete today. This is awesome. They're like, dad, come on, be quiet. Like, how'd I do? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I, I want the good stuff now. Yeah. And, it's be, and it's because I've earned the right, but, but I messed up at a, at a very early age. So man, Sebastian's going to have a leg up on the competition, man, because you get it. Like yeah, you're one of the I, parents yeah, that get it. You know, I, and I, I, I thank God for being so aware. So, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. like, when life is busy, you're trying to figure it out, you're trying to pay bills. A lot of moments just can go over our head. Um, and, you know, being aware, it hurts because you're seeing yourself, you're seeing where you're struggling, you're seeing where he wants, you know, to be embraced at only, you know, two years um, of age. And when I think about, you know, parents now, like, that's that's why a coach is down there, so that you can be a parent. You know, that's why they got teammates next to them so you can be the parent and i think even like when your kid is showing promise and it's like again that metric like hey you got to get a scholarship or you won't you know go to college it's very real it's like it's not wrong for that that mentality but even in that mentality we still have to realize we're still human and when your kid is showing promise you can't fall into the pressure of what it looks like for a promised kid because these teams at the division one level, uh, D two, um, and then at the highest level, they're doing their, their dirt. They're going to do mm-hmm. the research. They're going to ask the most random people. I still remember going through the pre-draft and it was like, I'm getting calls from 
like my third grade teacher. I'm getting calls from here. And it was like, why would they do that? And it's all about trajectory path. And then when I think about, <clears throat> you're seeing a lot of mental health with athletes now. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things with our brand is also embracing trauma, embracing the conversation, not running from um, the hard, the hard talks. And a lot is the household trauma that is invisible. And when fights are invisible, you how can you win them? So I think a lot of times the parent trauma that kids get is invisible all the way through their career. And it's like, I want to be seen first and foremost. So, so one of the metrics we use is we want to be seen, heard, and valued. So if you don't see me, I'm going to throw a tantrum. I'm going to toss stuff around because I'm going to be seen whether it's negative or positive. If you don't hear me, I'm going to scream and I ultimately do this to feel value. So I think that kind of plays this theme throughout the kid's career of like, I really want my mom and dad to see me. So I'm, I'm acting out in these different ways because now you're, you're going to give me attention and it's the way that we give, give our kids the attention. Man. Absolutely. Uh, tell, tell me real quick about the, the logo ID. Oh, so the logo, um, yes. You know, I'm Is that a nail? Faith. we didn't make our, our brand Christian, um, because uh-huh. I wanted to be open. Um, to everybody, but because I stand on uh, my relationship with Christ, I wouldn't even be able to do this if if, if God didn't renew me. Um, so it's only right that I give my props back to God. So um, ID, um, standing for identity, but the I is a nail and the D is is symbolizing Jesus's palm. So <laughs> going through it and that, <laughs> that's how my identity is made. Well, here's, here's the thing. Um, I, I know how business works, okay? Business, business works that, you know, you have to solve a problem, okay? The only, the only reason a business is gonna exist is to solve a problem. After that, you gotta get people a bunch of free information that helps them live the life that they wanna live. And then you give them the free information and then, then there's this wall that then people have to pay to continue to work with you at a certain level, right? Mm-hmm. If your business is gonna exist, you gotta be profitable. But, but what I wanna tell you is, I could talk to you for another hour about this stuff just because it's passionate to me, but I feel like you've given the listeners an appetizer and now they, that, now they need the full meal. They need the entree. Yeah. And, and so we're going we're gonna to shut this down in, in a little bit here because yeah. people, need to, people need to follow you. They need to hear your message. Um, I think you have a fantastic message. And as it relates to student of the game, this podcast was birthed because I'm curious like you. I want to know what greatness looks like. I want to know what success looks like to other people. I want to I be a constant student of the game. So it starts with the fundamentals. And it sounds like what you figured out is the fundamental to who you are. It starts with character. And then the practice, the work that you've put in is identifying good locker rooms, bad locker rooms. You know, what does winning teams and losing teams look like? What are the needs of the kids? Who's, who's the person that you needed in your life? And, and Rodney, you're, you are that. You're becoming that person. And so keep up the good work. And then the game. The game is, you know, what does winning look like to you? So identity made, you talked a little bit about, you know, you want to be more of a movement. You want to stand for something. What does winning look like to identity made in Rodney? Yeah, winning for us is getting schools and a, a phenomenal experience with gear because a lot of high school teams, if you're not Nike Elite or Adidas Nation or Under Armour Rise, um, you don't you don't get that experience. Like when I was at Georgetown, we got Jordan reps coming in. Um, you know, we're wearing Jordan. We got the logo. Um, and then when I was in the G League, the Nike logos, getting that. And a lot of kids miss that experience. And I think that experience is powerful enough to bring in 
what they need um, in their life. So winning for us is getting schools sponsored, um, getting teams in uniforms, getting teams in travel gear, um, and then getting kids acclimated on our socials um, and, and build a relationship with them. Like uh, for the parents listening uh, that got kids that's coming up in sports, my Instagram is open. I, I answer DMs. I'm currently mentoring like a lot of kids <laughs> right so, now. So say, segue, how can people follow you? Where, where, where are they going to go on Instagram to follow yeah, you? Yeah, so on Instagram, I'm r underscore d underscore p11. I don't have Twitter anymore. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty uh, most on uh, Instagram. And then uh, I have LinkedIn as well under my name, Rodney Pryor. So you can find me there. And Identity Made has an Instagram also? Yeah, Identity Made is that, at Identity Made. Uh, we're on cool. Instagram and then Identity underscore Made on Instagram. Yeah, and then we also have LinkedIn as well, but pretty active uh, on the ID page. Because we're running out of time, we don't need to get into this, but just a, a question for the listeners. Uh, NIL is huge right now, name, image, and likeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are you guys playing in that space at all, or, or is it something that you know, you're sticking with the teams and and uh, going that direction? Stick with teams. We, we plan on getting there just because I do believe college athletes um, need what we offer as well, but uh, the main focus right now is, is, is the high school group and middle school group. Awesome. I'm uh, I'm the director of our collective here at our university, so it's it's something that you know we've started to to take a, a real hard look at. So uh, yeah, we can connect on that afterwards. Okay. But all right, so so last question here. Um, the the thesis of this podcast is you know as a student of the game, in order to win in life, in order to you know be great in life, we have to understand that relationships win. And, and so what you've done is you've identified several points in your life where relationships have gotten you, you know, when you, when there was a fork in the road for you, I, I love it. Cause, cause the kids today, uh, they want they want to give people their flowers. Okay. So I'm gonna give you some flowers today, you know, man to man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some flowers here uh, online and say, thank you so much for being a part of student of the game. Thank you for now being an alumni of student of the game. And, um, if there's one person in your life that, is responsible for getting you to where you are here today. Who's somebody you would want to send some flowers to right now? I would want to send some flowers to my mom. Um, you know, she's pushed and pulled with me, you know, this entire time. And and also my dad, they've, they've been monumental in helping me through my trauma that, you know, I had, you know, the courage to tell them that I had um, regarding from um, living in the house with them. So being able to work through those things gave me a chance to, you know, break free of, you know, all the things that potentially hold us back. Man, that's fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm sure they're proud of you. Uh, you're doing some big things. If you're a student athlete listening, you make sure you tell your coach about Identity Made. If you're a coach listening, make sure you tell your athletic department, your athletic director. Um, <laughs> and, and if you're working your nine to five and you're just having a good time listening to student of the game, uh, there are so many life principles and lessons that yeah. you shared that we all go through, but we don't identify that way, yeah. right? You know, we, we identify as, uh, you know, I'm, I'm off this month. I didn't hit my P&Ls. You know, I didn't make that sale. Well, guess what? Rodney Pryor got injured and he had to sit out and he had to overcome adversity just like we all do. So thank you for sharing your story. I appreciate it, man. Uh, you, you've been a blast uh, personally, selfishly, you've been a blast to talk to. And, and I hope the listeners got something because uh, I know I did. So thank you for being a guest on the show. Um, appreciate you. And, and as we like to wrap up here, This is all about making sure that people understand that relationships win. 
Yeah. And and I was blessed today. So thank you, my friend. And and to to end that too, one of my driving scriptures is the greatest, because you know in sports we're always talking about who's who's the greatest. Um, my favorite scripture is the greatest of all time are servants. Um, the greatest mm. among us must serve. Um so to for this podcast to be about relationships, it's all about serving those around us and um, making sure they win um, in our pursuit of our journeys. That's it, man. That, that's why we started this podcast is to help others win. So thank you for helping a lot of people win today. Uh, it's been great. Make sure you go follow Rodney Pryor. Uh, I'm sure you can see some of his uh, slam dunks on there. I won a dunk contest one time. You didn't know this. Uh, no, nah, my, my teammate was the one dunking and I'm the one that threw it But we, we won the contest. Yeah, we won so we won. So yeah. anyway, go, go follow Rodney. He's got a great message and I appreciate you being here. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Student of the Game podcast. Whatever game you are playing, I'm cheering for you. See you in the next class.